0: This is Jeffrey Aaron behind the old blue snowball mic. And this is about Brexit at the gate. With Britain scheduled to leave the EU on March 29th, a reasonable observer might have expected to find an orderly withdrawal had been negotiated a long time before now. After all, Britons did vote to leave by 51.9% to 48.1% all the way back in June 2016. Unfortunately, reason and Brexit have long since decoupled. Instead, the mother of all parliaments is hopelessly divided when it comes to deciding on what terms the UK should break free from its largest trading partner. With no version of Brexit seemingly able to attract a political majority, a no-deal Brexit gets ever likelier as the departure deadline draws near. True disruption. For business in general, and trade especially, a no-deal Brexit is certainly to be hugely disruptive, as well as economically disastrous for the UK. And despite all the last-minute attempts and deals that are trying to be put on, as recently as today and probably tomorrow and the next day, this thing is still not settled. And, and so it's going to be very damaging for the EU as well. Just for starters, like the jumping-off-the-cliff cl- version means that on March 29th, the UK immediately drops out of the internal EU market for air services, the customs union, and the single market with next to no advance preparation. That alone means the UK saying goodbye to no tariffs and no tax trade with EU partners, as well as an end to the free movement of goods and services, capital and people between the UK and its closest neighbors and largest trading partners. The EU's customs union sets tariffs for trade with countries outside the EU and means that once goods have cleared customs in one country, they can be shipped to others in the union without further tariffs being imposed. But no deal brings a new deal. Again, once the UK leaves the EU, it will need to develop and administer new custom arrangements covering all the countries it trades with, including EU nations. A no-deal Brexit will, according to UK contingency planning, mean the UK must use World Trade Organization rules. This will mean higher tariffs, trucks and drivers will need new permits, and cargo will need to comply with whatever customs arrangements can be hurriedly agreed upon between the UK and third parties. A lot of that going on right now. Huge delays at ports, the channel tunnel, the airports. It's going to be a real fire drill. Let's hope it doesn't happen. And we move on. And what about the airlines? Hey, funny you should ask. The U... UK's departure from the internal EU market for air services means an end to participation in a system that allows any airline licensed by an EU country and therefore adhering to common regulations to operate any route within the EU without the advanced permission of individual national authorities. According to government advice, if the UK crashes out without a deal, airlines will need to seek individual permissions to operate between the UK and the EU. For airlines, a source said, licensed outside of the UK and the EU, their eligibility to operate air services to the UK is to be determined by the ASA between the UK and the state in which they are licensed. Brexit murder on the Bentley Express. With only weeks to go before the March 29th leave date, UK businesses have been left high and dry. The uncertainty about how the UK leaves the EU has prevented adequate preparations being made, and advice from government has been vague at best. In fear of no-deal Brexit in the last weeks alone, carmaker Bentley has announced that it is stockpiling parts and described breakfast as a killer that is threatening its profitability. Retailers Dixon Carphone and Pets at Home have said they're building up supplies on the assumption that traded will grind to a halt, while both Sony and Dyson announced that they'll move their head offices out of the U.K. So will Airbus fly away? Airbus, in the middle of its own news about the A380, has threatened to relocate its $6 billion annual U.K. revenue business, threatening 14,000 employees and 110,000 supply chain jobs dependent on its outfit. Airbus said, "Please." Don't listen to the Brexiteers' madness, which asserts that because we have huge plants here, we'll not move, and we will always be here. They're wrong. Well, what about the air cargo news? I'm talking air cargo news from the point of view of the United States, since 1975. Air freight stakeholders and shippers have been left to make their own preparations for March 29th. Most are hoping the UK can somehow still find a way of reversing the referendum decision and staying in the EU, or at least negotiating a better, more orderly withdrawal. But with no political breakthrough in sight, most are now preparing as best they can for a worst-case scenario. Meantime, Lee Pomlett, the FTA's president and executive director of SEVA Logistics, has almost since the aftermath of the 2016 referendum been calling on the UK government to stop pretending that somehow business and supply chains will find a way of coping with a no-deal Brexit. He told flying typers that at present there was very little information available to help provide accurate assessments of what happens to UK air freight and airport operations in the case of a no-deal Brexit. Quote, at the FTA, we're trying to seek clarity on this because there are needs to be agreements in place before airlines can even fly, he said. Aircraft will be grounded is one possible scenario. I think that would be a catastrophe, but it remains an unanswered question. Roger Spole, air freight policy manager at the European Shippers Council, ESC, said, A no deal Brexit would be disastrous for all trade, including air freight. This is what he said. You might think the problem would be more on the passenger side, but in most airports, the passenger operation is way bigger than the freight operation, so you might see the whole airport being disrupted if you have the worst no deal scenario played out, he told Flying Typers. So, in that respect, a no deal could be a very serious issue specifically for aviation. There already have been some contingency plans looking at how British Airways and other UK airlines can operate between Europe and the UK. But all this is based on some sort of assumption, which is difficult because nobody knows on what terms the UK will leave the EU, which makes it difficult to give clear-cut advice to our members. There's a lot of attention on compliance and customs regulations, and about what to do we need to do, and when the U.K. becomes a third country, and it's hard to know what the answers are, Mr. Spole said. Another vexing question for Roger Spole is what happens to EU main port? A lot of goods come in and out of Europe or get out of Europe through the U.K., whether at the big ports such as Southampton or at the airports like Heathrow and Gatwick, there will be freight disruptions. Roger says, we're discussing with our members who use the UK as gateway to Europe that they might want to look at other locations because a no deal would cause serious disruptions at terminals and airports. With Prime Minister Theresa May and headlines changing every day as she continues to try to push a Brexit solution with the EU, and minus anything close to a parliamentary majority, reliable Brexit clarity for the air freight industry might not be possible until we get closer to the March 29 wire. One upshot is that while air cargo is likely to be chaotic post-Brexit, it's expected to be less a mess than high-volume trade routes across the UK channel, which are forecast to come to a standstill. As the least worst impacted mode available to shippers Air cargo might even benefit, at least in the short term. Such are the small crumbs of comfort to be found as Brexit unfolds. With thanks to Sky King, this is Jeffrey Arendt. There's an old joke that an air cargo trade show usually attracts a few shippers. And sometimes the only shipper that you see out walking near the display stands is a meeting session guest speaker looking for the bathroom. Well, we're sitting inside a host hotel at Tiaka Toronto, taking a lunch break in a beautiful room. It's a beautiful room with a view of the sky. We're kind of looking around and we see two businessmen that are also from the Tiaka event. They're on their break. But they're each seated alone at a table for one, but they're talking to each other. And some words lift up into the air, and we discover that one of them is a shipper. So as they break up, we walk over and introduce ourselves to a shipper named Alex Newport, who's vice president supply chain SMS and managing director Santrade, based in Lucerne, Switzerland. And our question for Alex is: what is his take on Tiaka 2018? Our company. Alex said, called Sandvik. We ship industrial tools to companies that are active in the metal cutting industry, including aerospace. I'm a member of the Tiaka Shippers Advisory Committee attending sessions. Took a meeting with the board of Tiaka yesterday evening, Alex said. Good meeting all around. I attended a total of four sessions, Alex added, and thought looking ahead, we might all benefit getting more in-depth into content by limiting these very worthwhile discussions to less people on stage. He's talking about panels. He also said, a panel with five people and a moderator sitting on a stage creates a buzz of information for sure, but it also delivers a scattered message with shorter impact for everyone, including the audience. I just think it would be much more beneficial conducting these panels on a more targeted approach with no more than one or two people discussing issues. That circumstance might allow more time to get into topics in depth and also aid the audience to interact fully with the speakers, Mr. Newport said. Another point Alex said is, yeah, I'm a shipper at this conference, and I know I'm rather a rare species. Well, my take is there should be more emphasis to get out the views of shippers at a conference like this. As example, there was a discussion yesterday that invited the shipper's perspective, but five of the people on stage only included one panelist that was a commercial user. Two others were representatives of shippers. My take is if you are bannering a topic and calling it a shipper's perspective, that's what the discussion needs to deliver. Later on, after we spoke to this bright, engaging, and most interesting shipper, we couldn't help but wonder if moving ahead, Tiaka, and other conferences similar to Tiaka might create one or two panels staffed only by shippers. As we read it, in the Tiaka case, there are nine shippers that serve as part of that organization's advisory council. In any case, it shouldn't be too hard to pair a couple of them up with a moderator so that all of us might benefit from hearing the needs, hopes, and desires of our target audience. This is Jeffrey Arend, thanking you for your time this time. Until next time, keep on flying.